0: Hey guys, it's Olivia and this is Beauty in the Berg, a podcast where we talk about all things skincare, science, and beauty hosted by me, your esthetician, Olivia. I'm excited for today's episode because it's personal and dear and to a lot of us. Today, we're going to talk about acne and the mental journey behind acne, what it means for all of us. First of all, I want to start off by saying acne affects millions of people every year. And it is so much more than just a skin condition. It is absolutely a mental condition as well. And unless you've dealt with acne, you don't quite understand the mental struggle behind acne. Um, Something that I get a lot is, oh my God, you have such perfect skin. You're an esthetician. I had my own acne struggle, you guys. There was a time once in high school, actually, where I went away to a soccer camp. And when I came back from camp, my acne was so bad. My mom said she didn't even recognize me when I got off the bus. And um, I understand that she was just telling me that, but it hurt my feelings a lot. And it stuck with me all this time because it definitely was rough. It was, I mean, acne is awful. And you know, what causes acne? A lot of people don't realize that acne is usually typically hereditary. If somebody in your family, in your bloodline has dealt with acne in the past, um, it's most likely carried down genetically. So a lot of people struggle with it all over the world, you guys. and there's no cure for acne, which makes it seem so much more ominous just knowing that there's no exact cure for acne. And no, truth be told, I'm not sure if there's – I mean, there's scientific reasons behind why there's acne, but where did it start, you know, when you see all these paintings of people like – let's say 1800s and on like 1700s, 1600s, you know, acne obviously isn't depicted in the painting. So, you know, do we know that anybody dealt with acne or was it something that became about in recent generations? Um, You know, where did acne start? Of course, people in those eras had all kinds of other things to worry about like boils and lesions and syphilis and god knows what else was spreading especially among the friends shout out to my king louis i love him um but anyways so acne it is a struggle you know the p bacteria that is the acne causing bacteria lives on our skin at all time. always on the surface. And the bacteria itself, you guys, is not actually what starts the acne um, from happening. So what happens is typically somebody with an oilier skin type, usually, um, or someone who suffers from an excess shedding of skin can be more susceptible to acne because what happens is we have created this environment where the pore is easily clogged by the debris, whether it's the dead skin or excess sebum production, which is the natural oil produced in our skin, um, creates this clogged pore. And within that clogged trap environment, that bacteria is able to fester and it creates the perfect place for that bacteria to create an infection. And that is when you start to see cystic lesions. Now, just to be fair, there are all different types of acne, which is the beauty of it all, truly. There are what we have uh, open and closed comedones. So that is what we're going to be referred to as blackheads or whiteheads. So a blackhead is when a pore is clogged. However, the pore opening remains exposed to oxygen. And as the pore debris is oxidized, it turns that blackish color that we've come to know and love as a blackhead. Now, fun fact, a lot of people come to me and say, oh my god, I have blackheads all over my nose. And you certainly can get blackheads on your nose, and the pores on your nose typically tend to be larger anyways, so the environment of them getting trapped or clogged is a lot more likely because they're larger. And they produce more oils around the nose. However, there is something called a sebaceous filament, which is where a sebaceous gland just kind of produces this excess hardened sebum. And it creates this tube-like filament that's stuck in the pores. And that is different from a blackhead. So, a little fun fact for you guys. You probably have both, to be honest with you. And uh, salicylic acid all day long. I practically bathe in that shit and that is what keeps my pores literally crystal clear. Like, if I had you guys here right now, I would have every single person hold a magnifying glass up to the pores in my nose because there ain't nothing in there, y'all. I bathe in salicylic acid, okay? anyways so that would be our open comedones so think of it as like an open door an open pore um which by the way guys i know i've talked about this in other like podcast episodes as well but our pores are not actually doors okay so they are not able to open and close like some misleading products might lead you to believe um but the pores you have the pores that you're born with that's what you got so totally fine pores not whores, am I right? Can we hashtag that and get that started? Let's normalize our pores, okay? Um, So a closed comedone or a non-inflamed nodule is when you have kind of the hardened white head bump under the skin a little bit. So you might notice that that's when it feels like a hard little bump underneath the surface. Now, A closed comedone is not to be confused with a milia, which I see all the time. People come in with milias and they try to pick at them and nothing comes out. (laughs) Nothing ever will if you try to pick out a milia. I suppose if you pick deep enough, you'll certainly get to the little pearl-like ball that is created in a milia, but then you've damaged so much tissue along the way. Um, But a milia is another type of nodule non-inflamed as well, non-bacterial related, but it is going to be a tiny pearl-like ball. And it is essentially exactly like what it sounds like. It is just a hardened piece of debris. So it's like skin cells, dirt, sweat, environmental debris, pollution, all that stuff creates this tiny little pearl underneath the surface in our follicle and our pores. And it creates this hard little white bump that you see. And people love to pick at them and nothing ever comes out. And I, as an esthetician, I love getting milia. Um, Fun fact, milia is really common for everybody. So please don't feel like you have some sort of disease just because you are susceptible to them. I see so many people come in and they like freak out because they're very common around the eye area. And a big reason for that, you guys, is because when we wash our face, we don't tend to wash all the way up to the waterline of our eyeballs because it makes us uncomfortable, right? I think just by like human nature, we don't tend to get close to our eyeballs. When in reality, like most gentle cleansers that you're using, um, definitely again, emphasis on gentle cleanser because you're not trying to use the oxygen infusion wash over your eyeballs, but the gentle cleansers, like they're made to help wash your eye skin as well. The orbital area is very sensitive and absolutely should be taken care of, but without proper washing or exfoliation, you know, you're going to be more susceptible to debris getting trapped in the pores another reason for a large amount of milia forming around your eye area would be somebody who wears a lot of eye makeup and that makeup's not getting removed properly that absolutely will trap the pores i see it a lot on the eyelids or along the eyelash line on the eyelids and that can be super uncomfortable to remove so highly recommend getting yourself a melting balm, a makeup eraser If you use makeup wipes, you can go ahead and just throw those away or burn them. I don't care. They don't work. Please don't use them. They're also loaded with alcohols, and they're so bad for your eye. Um, But there's so many other things you can do. So that would be a milia. So we have the non-inflamed nodules. So that would be your comodones, your milias. Those are going to be non-bacterial-related lesions. And what I mean by non-bacterial is... The P-bacteria that causes acne, that is not the sole cause of a comedone. So there's no necessarily bacteria related to that issue. Now, I have seen it plenty of times though, you can absolutely get a blackhead that starts out as a comedone and then the bacteria is able to fester underneath and now you have a pustule underneath your blackhead. Um, So it's like a two-for-one special, if you will, on acne. Um... So we start getting into the inflamed lesions. So when we say inflamed lesions, we do mean that there is a present infection under the surface in the pore, and this infection has created an active acne lesion. And this is when we start to see things like pustules. Pustule is exactly what it sounds like. It is a small sack of pus, which is the infection, the P. bacteria infection. And that's going to be like your larger whiteheads that you see. Um, we do refer to those as the pustules. And then we have our papules. We have our cystic lesions, which are our most common awful painful lesions. I have dealt with cystic acne. I still have cystic acne. I think I think in the acne world, it's most important to understand that when you are having acne prone skin in your life, you will always be dealing with acne prone skin. And I think that's the biggest mental struggle for anyone to try to overcome when dealing with acne. We will always be dealing with acne. There's no magic cure. There's no way to get rid of it. If you have acne prone skin, You have acne prone skin and that's okay you should still love the skin you're in because it's the only skin you have Mm -hmm. to my knowledge we have not created some sort of skin transplant service yet where you can trade skins with somebody else and that sounds really weird to say out loud and probably could be taken awful in some other way or not but love the absolute skin you're in because it is the skin you're born with the pores you have are yours Sometimes I think we get so caught up in hating our skin that we forget to appreciate all that our skin does for us on a regular basis. I mean, it literally holds our organs inside. It keeps literally our life together. So without our skin, we would be missing so much. You know, our skin permeates and breathes and heals wounds. Have you ever had a paper cut and truly been in awe of the skin healing a process I mean your skin literally regenerates cells to pull the tissue back together blood flowing it is a fucking marvelous marvelous beauty phenomenon I mean there's so much about our own skin that we're still learning in science and it blows my mind what our skin does for us so please 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 don't hate your skin treat it right tell it that you love it Even my girls with the oily skin type, they're always like, oh my god, I hate my oily skin. Bitch, no, we love our oily skin. You know why? That shit's going to keep us young forever. Bring on the oils. I'm trying to bathe in the oils, please. Anyways, so we have our inflamed lesions, right? inflammation oh my god inflammation is a bitch I'm not gonna lie it is what creates the pain the redness the PIE which is known as post-inflammatory erythema the red pigmentation left behind from trauma to the skin whether that be super inflamed lesions or if you were dare I say Picking at your skin, which we all know we shouldn't be doing. But let's be honest, I believe picking our skin is a habit that we pick up when we're young out of nervousness. And then due to like the fact that adulthood doesn't get any easier, we just keep festering in those habits. I mean, I've met people who definitely have you know, picking skin disorders where they're like addicted to picking their skin. It's something that they truly can't control, kind of a compulsion. And then we have people like me who I'm just like sitting there watching 90 Day Fiance and then I forget that I'm picking my skin because I'm just watching TV. Like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> but we do it and it's okay. Don't beat yourself up for picking, but it is important to start recognizing when you are picking so that you can stop. Um, especially inflamed lesions, y'all. Please don't pick any of your inflammation lesions like the likelihood that you're going to squeeze something out of a cystic lesion is so unlikely because a cyst is so deep in the dermis they're painful they're surrounded by inflamed tissue pushing at your skin is only creating more inflammation and not at all healing the infection that is in the skin And I tell people all the time, your skin can heal itself. You can literally heal from lacerations. I can promise you that your skin's going to be able to recover from a cystic lesion. And if you leave it alone, because when we have a wound, the more inflammation surrounding that wound or that infection... Your body has to fight off the inflammation and the infection. And if you just keep pushing at that inflammation and creating more and more issue, your skin's having to combat the self-inflicted inflammation and the infection. It's not going to heal as fast. But if you let your skin perform the job that it was evolutionarily designed to do, which is heal wounds and infections... It's going to tackle that inflammation and it's going to tackle that bacteria and that cyst will go away. I can promise you that. Um, you know, I have seen so many different types of cystic lesions, um, even from like my previous job when I worked in general surgery, like seeing some of the things that are out there, I'm sure you've seen Dr. Pipple Popper, there's different kinds of cysts, of course we are specifically talking about cystic acne. So don't get too confused on me, guys. I will try not to confuse everybody with lipomas and saromas and sebaceous cysts and all that fun stuff, but we'll focus for now on just solely the cystic acne. So what are some things you can do to combat acne, specifically like inflamed lesions? I talk about this all the freaking time, and I think You guys think I'm crazy or bullshitting because you guys look at me, you're like, "Mm, Yeah, okay, Olivia, whatever you say, but then, like, I don't think you guys are trying it for real. So, this is my challenge, okay? I want you to go right now. Obviously, if you're in a car listening to me, not like right now, but when you get to wherever you're going, I want you to get an ice cube and I want you to use that ice cube on the skin for three to five minutes around any of your inflamed acne, acneic lesions. And even if you don't have acne, use an ice cube on your face, swirl it around, whether it's an ice roller, a jade roller, a guasho stone, or a fucking whiskey stone that your boyfriend had in the fridge, like whatever it is, an ice cube of some kind. Um, It doesn't have to be a cube shape. I guess you could use a sphere, whatever they got these days, crushed ice if you want. It's going to be messy if you do crushed ice. Anyways, a cube and swirl that around your clean skin and reap in the benefits that ice has to offer. Okay. For one, when it comes to like cystic inflamed lesions, it's going to help constrict that blood flow to the surface so that it's not so red and hello. Anytime we have an injury, like a swollen ankle, what do we do? We ice it because ice helps inflammation. It helps bring that inflammation down. So if you're using an ice cube directly on top of an inflamed lesion, you are assisting your body in that natural process of healing inflammation and healing an infection. It is the best thing you can do from like a non-product standpoint. It's fabulous. Fabulous, you guys. Now, if we're talking about like spot treatment options, there's so many different kinds of spot treatments out there. A few of my favorites are going to be like a sulfur spot treatment, which is using like a sulfur clay mixed usually with like a kaolin clay to absorb excess oils on the skin. Sulfur is a great alternative for anybody who has more sensitive skin and is not a favor to like benzoyl peroxide. So, This is when we start talking about the different types of products out there. So we have sulfur, which we just talked about, which is great for a spot treatment. It's great for like an all over face mask um, for like a smaller breakout. Then we have our benzoyl peroxide and we have our acids, right? So benzoyl peroxide, BPO, also known as, is a um, usually an active ingredient. It is controlled by the FDA. So it is an active ingredient that targets bacteria. So a benzoyl peroxide solution is not necessarily going to work ideally for like those closed or open comedones. It's definitely not gonna work towards your milia. It is geared towards your cystic or bacterial lesions like your larger pustules. So that is gonna help with the bacteria. Then we start looking at the acids. Oh, I could go on and on about acid. I mean, who doesn't love dropping some acid? Am I right? I'm just kidding, guys. This isn't high school anymore. This is skincare acid. Our skin is doing acid. Literally doing acid. <laughs> so, what acids do we have? We have our small molecules like our BHAs, which are our beta hydroxy acid, also known as salicylic acid. Then we have our um, AHAs, which is going to be our larger molecular weight, and that is our alpha hydroxy acids, our lactic, our mandelic, our malic acid, and so much more. So there's tons of alpha hydroxy acids. And then there's the PHAs. That's kind of a newer class of acids that's come out. It's, I I don't know too much about PHAs because I'm still researching a lot about what's coming out, but they're known as like polyhydroxy acids. Um, So, again, skincare is evolving literally every day, guys. I get so many emails about what's new in the industry. So, I'll be reporting back to you guys on the PHAs, but I do know they're a little bit of a lighter AHA class and they're usually a little bit better for somebody with more sensitive skin. So talking about the acid, so what's the difference between like a beta hydroxy acid and an alpha hydroxy acid? So both of them are chemical exfoliators, but they work in entirely different ways. So a BHA, also known as our salicylic acid, is going to work from inside the pore. So that is why salicylic acid is absolutely ideal for most types of acne because it does help to dissolve debris, skin, dead skin cells, and other places pollutant buildups in the skin, it helps to dissolve them from inside the pore. Whereas like uh, AHA, which is like our glycolic, our lactic, our mandelic acid, those are going to work from a surface standpoint. So they're still exfoliating the skin, but not from inside the pores. They're working to exfoliate the surface of the skin. So helping to lift up dead skin cells, Um, Helping to brighten the skin, smooth the texture. Glycolic acid is like one of the number one known for helping to brighten and smooth out uneven tones and textures. Mandelic acid is... (laughs) Literally godsend. It's like my favorite acid out of all of them. It is anti-inflammatory, antifungal, antibacterial. It is safe for all skin types and all skin tones. All Fitzpatrick's. Mandelic acid is like your go-to when you have acne because it is going to be the most effective for everyone everywhere. Um, and then we have lactic acid, larger molecular weight, great for um, like sensitive skin types. So lactic acid is also another very big AHA that has a lot of presence in the skincare world. It is mostly associated with lightening, um, and I don't mean like bleaching the skin, but I just mean working on evening out uneven tones, like darker areas and dull spots, hyperpigmentation spots, all of those areas that need a little more attention. And last but not least, we get into probably the most magical ingredient in the whole world: our retinols. Who does not? love retinol. You may be sitting there saying, I don't love retinol, Olivia. And I can promise you that's because you're not using a good retinol or the right retinol for your skin. Believe it or not, there are all different types of retinols. And actually, something really cool about retinol, it was originally designed for treating acne. um, And it wasn't until they were doing all the trials, the clinical trials, people were using it for years that they realized that retinol also possessed the ability to help prolong fine lines and wrinkles from forming, which is amazing. So that's why it's known as an anti-aging ingredient. And so many people are always telling me like, oh, like I'm too young for retinol. You're not, I promise you. It's doing so much more than just anti-aging. It is a vitamin A derivative and it's one of the most powerful antioxidants you could be using for your skin to help with free radical damage. And as we know, free radicals are constantly attacking our skin, especially in today's world because it's polluted as fuck out there. Sorry if you're not into the environment, but I am and we're fucked. You (laughs) we're going down, but at least we're going down with retinol on our skin, which is protecting us as much as it can. So retinols work. They're not an exfoliator. And this is a big misconception about retinols. A lot of people Automatically assume that a retinol is an exfoliator and it's not at all So a retinol works by speeding up the cellular turnover process in your skin So our cells are constantly shedding, you know every from the very bottom layer all the way up to the top They're constantly working their way dying off and regenerating. So with that being said everyone's skin has a different process um, speed if you will for cellular turnover Retinol works by speeding up your skin's natural cellular turnover so that those cells are being pushed through each layer quicker. But retinol is not working to flake those cells off to eat away at those cells. Retinol is just pushing the process of the cells regenerating faster. So before you get those mixed up, different from an exfoliator. And what I love about retinol is there's so many different kinds. And honestly, if you have not tried the Skin Better Science Alpha Ret, you are missing out. It is their own creation, their own formula technology, and it is phenomenal. Phenomenal. Each retinol molecule is encapsulated in a lactic acid molecule, which allows for deeper penetration and softer penetration so that there's not the irritation and redness that's commonly associated with retinol. A lot of people try retinol and they've got chafing and redness and itchiness and that's just because they're probably using a very raw form of retinol like Retin-A or Tretinoin, for instance, um, which are great products, but they just work very aggressively and not with another molecular process that would help soften the retinol um, side effects so that is a lot about acne that we just fit into a few minutes there I feel like but you know I feel like something big time with acne is again a lot of the mental process that goes behind dealing with acne and so many people trial and error or they're misled unfortunately I've seen that happen so many times with clients being misled by other estheticians that don't exactly know what they're doing or are not familiar with working with acne but you know Me personally, as an esthetician, I do get breakouts. I absolutely get pimples here and there. And I'm sure if you come to my clinic, you've seen me with one before. And that's okay because guess what? It's normal, you guys. And I hate this stigma surrounding estheticians because we're kind of like damned if we do, damned if we don't. Like if I have clear skin, people are like, oh, you just don't know what my struggles are. And I'm like, okay, I also have acne prone skin. I have oily skin type. I definitely get breakouts. And then if I have a breakout, people are like, oh, she doesn't know how to take care of her skin fuck y'all what am I supposed to do I still get breakouts but that doesn't mean I don't know how to take care of my skin so estheticians are forever in this like hanging balance of like society's expectations of what our skin should look like like apparently we should be flawless and ageless at all times but that makes us unrelatable but then if we do have a breakout we just automatically are shit estheticians like come on guys we society we've got to get better but the moral of the story if you could walk away from this podcast with anything it is Please remember, pores, not whores. We are all. Dealing with our own shit, and we should not make any one person feel insignificant for dealing with their own issues, whether we feel like it's worse than ours or it's not. Everybody is going through their own shit, y'all. So please try to remember to pass along your kindness. And if you are dealing with acne, please, please, please seek out an acne specialist. It's so much better than just seeking out any random person. Nothing against dermatology, but if you're not into prescription care, I highly recommend seeing an esthetician. And that's all we have for today, guys. I'll see you next week on next week's episode. And thank you for listening. Bye.